0: of Christ and welcome to Concord Matters, a show that seeks to be united in our confession of the Christian faith through the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul says it well in Romans 15. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together we may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We seek this harmony by the Holy Spirit through the study of the clear and concise teachings confessed in the Book of Concord, as we know that they are in accord, or they agree, or they confess exactly what God's Holy Word says. I'm your host, Brady Finner, District President of the Minnesota North District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Thank you for joining us on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. We continue our study of the Lord's Prayer in Luther's Small Catechism with the fourth petition, Give us this day our daily bread. I remember studying this in confirmation of the small catechism, and I remember thinking the whole time, no matter what I read, I kept thinking about I was hungry. I wanted bread. So I, I I'll say that I probably didn't pay attention as well as I should, but what is this about? About food, money, or does it mean something even more for us as Christians every single day? We'll cover all that today, so dust off your little catechism and let's start confessing. If you have any questions concerning our study of the Small Catechism, starting in the Ten Commandments up to now in the Lord's Prayer, send us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org, kfuo at kfuo.org. Joining us in the Confession of Christ, we welcome Pastor Bruce Tim of Redeemer Lutheran Church in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Pastor Tim, welcome to Concord Matters.
1: It's great to be here.
0: Pastor, uh, this is our first time together on Concord Matters. Tell, tell us about yourself, your family, and the work of the saints at Redeemer.
1: Well, I've uh, been a pastor, uh, Lutheran pastor, for thirty-four years. First twelve years, uh-huh. I served in Lutheran Church Canada. Uh, my wife had actually been born there; her dad was a pastor there, and so we kind of followed uh, his footsteps a little. But um, from Minnesota, grew up in Minnesota, and. 21 years ago, I took a call back here to St. Cloud, and I've served here uh, since. My wife and I have four children, uh, three daughters, and they are all married, and a son uh, who is not yet married, and I have four, or we have four grandchildren that we're really enjoying Uh, that have joined our lives over the last few years. So that's a lot of excitement. Redeemer has been here in St. Cloud uh, about the end of World War II, 1945. Um, Very interesting church building. If you ever come to St. Cloud, you'll be want to make sure and drive by and look at our very unique uh, Mm -hmm. concrete church. Um, And, uh, but... A faithful, liturgical congregation, um, support an association, Lutheran school, and um, trying to reach out into our neighborhood here. We're probably among the only, I guess, Missouri Synod Church right in the heart of St. Cloud. So that gives Mm -hmm. us a unique uh, position to do God's work here uh, in the city, and congregation is eager to do
0: that. Well, that's a, a reminder for you, our listeners, to continue to pray for our congregations, because as Pastor said, that you know, Redeemer is right in the heart of St. Cloud, and maybe it doesn't sound like it's not, quote, urban, but it has gone through many, many changes for many years. And the beauty of what Redeemer does and many of your congregations is try to engage those, the, the community in various ways, and to do so with the bold confession of who we have in Christ and what we have in Christ and, and what we have in our triune God and the scriptures and as we study today in the confession. So that's my request, that you, as our listeners, pray for our churches to not only engage their communities, wherever they may be, but to do so faithfully, which is why we have Concord Matters. So, Pastor, um, we are ready to dig into the small catechism. uh, And and are you ready? I am ready. All right. Reminder to our listeners, we are studying from Luther's small catechism with explanation, which is the version from Concordia Publishing House in 2017. So Luther's small catechism with explanation. And we are on page 21 with the fourth petition. So what I'll be doing today is I will confess all of what we have in the fourth petition, and we'll be going back and forth throughout our time. Now, reminder to our listeners, too, that this is from the Bible. So this is not us, like, making up some book or or as, like, our Mormon um, uh, Mormon folks, uh, they have their own scriptures over there. No, this is... On the based on the word of God it is in accord with God's word. And Luther pulls this out beautifully for us to be reminded of what this means every single day of our lives. So we confess the fourth petition. Give us this day our daily bread. What does this mean? God certainly gives daily bread to everyone without our prayers, even to all evil people. But we pray in this petition that God would lead us to realize this and to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. What is meant by daily bread? Daily bread includes everything that has to do with the support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, a devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. As we hear these words from the small catechism, it's uh, it's uh, brings us right to the heart of it. Pastor, it says, give us this day our daily bread. Now, it does give us a long list of what is meant by daily bread. And can you give us a Cliff Notes version? Someone yeah. says to you, Pastor, what does it mean by daily bread? It probably means more than bread. What would you say? Yeah, and
1: looking at it, you know, I, I did a little work in the Greek yesterday, but it's it's subsistence. It's what you need for the day to live. Um, so whatever you would need today from the, you know, moment you get up or even, you know, if you think of the day beginning at midnight, I mean— what do you need to live? Well, you know, we think of a bed and a house and here in Minnesota, well, not yet, but heat, um, all of that. And then you get up. Well, what do you need? You need food. Um, and, you know, if you're of a certain age, you need work. And if you're not of an age to work, you need school. So this, that's not cliff notes. We're, we're just always, I think, going to fall into a grocery list of what's included but it's the simple answer to the question, and although I think there is a hint of trusting God, what do I need for today to live?
0: And That's a great reminder, Pastor. As you looked at what is meant by daily bread, the list that he gave, and it, you got into the Greek, so this is exciting for me today because— uh, I can't wait to hear all your insights but <laughs> the uh the list that we have which is quite extensive and it goes to that sustenance as you said the um to be able to survive in this life uh anything stick out to you as you read through that list that Luther gives us um anything come to mind
1: well you know um and I did read the, the large catechism on this kind of the commentary, but, um, Luther makes a point, And I, I do think, as you think about it, um, you know, the orders and authorities that God puts in our life. So again, we think of, you know, at the beginning of the day at midnight last night, that's how we kind of do the day you're, you know, if you're a young child um, you're in a house. Well, who provides that house? Well, those mm. that God has put over you. And if everything in that house is at peace, then you can sleep calmly in your bed. You can get up this morning and your your mom can, you know, serve you Captain Crunch with crunch berries or whatever your breakfast cereal is. Um, but where, where there isn't that order, I mean, we can think— uh, You know, what's going on in different places around the world, like Ukraine or South Korea or North Korea, that where there isn't that order, then all of those things become much more difficult. Then, you know, it is not so easy if you're in a war-torn country to find food or to, to sleep restfully. So, um you know, I'm gonna go with Luther on this, that probably everything in that list, and you know, sad to say, in, in America, it's probably one of the number one things we complain about is the government, but good government and good order in our homes, you know, as again, the devout husband or wife, devout children, where where there isn't that devotion to God's order, where we are not seeking to do the good for which God has placed us then then all of a sudden daily bread becomes much harder to come by um so that's i think where you know that would be among the greatest things in that list
0: As we look at this, I would encourage our listeners to have a back and forth with looking at the small catechism, and then if you're able, to look at the large catechism, which is, you know, also that we'll be studying later on in Concordia, the Lutheran Confessions, the Reader's Edition, and it is pure gold. On page 417 of that reference from Concordia Publishing House, it is not not surprising, especially in light of how Pastor Tim has laid this out, is that Luther speaks very clearly. About the need for good government and good authorities, he says here. Therefore, princes are also worthy of all honor. We should give them, give to them for their office what we ought and can, as people through whom we enjoy that we have in peace and quietness. And he says we should pray for them. And references First Timothy chapter two. So right away it opened my eyes to this list of the need for good government and pastor you've already uh, spoken to this. Why we need good government is simply like when we go to bed, we know that we can sleep in peace because we know our government and those in authority are taking care of us. Do you want to expand on that a little bit on why daily bread connects us to our governing authorities or other authorities? And why is that, why is that important for us as Christians to understand?
1: Well, um, you know, it, it is the, the, the age-old message of sin and grace. And we know that because of sin, each of us is bent in on—I'm you know, bent in on myself. I think of me first. And so, but the orders in which God places place us helps to refrain, I mean— If you've been through the commandments, then likely somewhere along the line you talked about the first use of the law to to curb and restrain. And and these orders help both Christians and non-Christians to be restrained in their selfishness and think about their neighbor. And where there is no order, which the government provides and families provide, uh, then then your whole life is in danger. Um, think about your town and if, you know, let's just say your city government did not exist or your city police force, there's no stop signs, there's no roads, there's no uh, sidewalks to walk on. You would not want to go out and about you know, walking, if there were no speed limit signs, no stop signs, I mean, your life would be a danger, you know, even the property on which you live, if if there was no order, people would drive their cars across it, or, you know, you just would have no safety. So it really is, you know, the prevention of the chaos that would result if our sinful natures Would be unchecked by the outward punishment and order of authority. You know, you just, again, think of a child in a home. um, If the parents never said, do this or don't do that, uh, you know, would that child, you know, eat good food? Would that child be taught to speak correctly? Would it be brought to school? No, because you know a young child would choose to you know eat doritos and mountain dew for breakfast or something and and would not choose to go to school but would choose to stay home and and all of these things that god gives us through this order are and we know this they're they're good for us the the neat thing that luther also brings out in his explanation and, and this is why Christians want good government, not just for ourselves, but God, as Luther says in explanation, gives daily bread to evil everyone, even to all evil people. And so this order is good. It, it's not just good for the church. It, it definitely is good for the church that we can proclaim the gospel in peace and quietness, but it's good for everyone. God provides this for everyone, you know, believers and unbelievers benefit from good order, and God provides their daily bread. You know, again, to
0: everyone. And in our world, we can have a little bit of a uh, anxiety or an angst or a, a, a flippant reaction to government authorities. And that's why I enjoy um, exactly what you're saying. And according to what Luther says, that we should be probably giving thanks more and definitely more praying for them more. And throughout Lutheran, the Lutheran church, especially when you go inside our hymnal, the litany and other prayer offices, when you go into the front of these hymnals, they almost always, no matter what the prayer litany is, will include the governing authorities which is, Pastor, speak to that a little bit. One, I admit my own failure in that to pray for our governing authorities, which is why I'm glad it's listed all the time in our hymnal. But uh, one, why is that so hard for us to keep a good mind on our governing authorities? And what would be your encouragement as we look at this uh, petition for our listeners on uh, giving thanks and praying for our governing authorities? Well,
1: I I think it, it probably goes to the reason we pray this petition, um, that we don't realize. We we simply do not stop and say, you know, and and we certainly know, and that this falls into our sinfulness, wanting our own way, that we can easily become unhappy with uh, a, a political party that we don't agree with, or even a political candidate or person. And um but we don't stop as luther says you know the very reason we pray this is to realize god is giving us our daily bread and to realize all the good that the government and and particularly here in the united states as as bad as we might think it is um i'm sure that across everyone who's listening to kfuo um and, unless you know like a, an act of nature or whatever you know a hurricane or something has struck them that they are not living in chaos but in probably very very peaceful situations yes their their conscience might be tormented by some of the things going on in the government or the supreme court they may be unhappy with how the elections turned out or didn't turn out but when you think of everything, you know, the, you know, everything from indoor plumbing to being able to turn the water on in your home, which all are part of daily bread, you need those things. That's, that's government. The, you know, and, and, um, we might not be particularly happy with the direction of some public schools, but you know, that your children can go, that for the most part, they are safe. You don't need to worry while they're on their way to school. I mean, yes, accidents do happen. But if you, again, as I said before, we just devolve into a grocery list. But seriously, if you would get up in the morning and as you prayed this petition and just say, okay, today throughout the day, I'm going to look around and I'm going to look for all the things the government provides to keep me safe mm. so that I can go about my day, you know, that, you know, even if you will, although, you know, we would say it's a gift granting from God, but even like the ownership of private property that, you know, for most of us our you know, the, our home is our castle, but our yard, you know, it's our yard. It's, it's protected by laws. Um, you know, you just can't, you know, whatever, do something in my yard because it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to me and the government keeps that, you know. So there's there's so much, but it is like, you know, even on, you know, your drive home today, think of all the things the government does and um, for you to keep you safe. And I think it would be uh, an unending List,
0: and this is where I'll I'll say this: that not my favorite worship service, but I always thoroughly have enjoyed the Thanksgiving, maybe Thanksgiving Eve service. Um, and I always kind of thought it was because we had pie after, <laughs> um, but it actually there's that reality. It it fills us uh, with God's word. To be reminded to give thanks, as Pastor Tim is saying so well, that if you actually, if this, this petition, and I would say that the first article in the small catechism also, just fills us with words that really reminds us, okay, this is what I can give thanks for. Lord, help me to give thanks for all these things. And the celebration in America with Thanksgiving Day, and the, the especially the worship service that surrounds us, fills us with that truth when often we will tend to just just to see the negative as pastor Tim highlighted as well now when i leave the office today i'm going to do that i'm going to think what has the government given me and as we enter the and are in the winter months i think simply plowing off the roads is going to be one of the big <laughs> things that we have as as minnesotans so so pastor that's a good reminder for us as we look at uh, this time of year to give thanks. Do you have anything else you want to add on that? I have a few other questions to come up, but anything else you want to add?
1: Well, you know, one of the interesting uh, observations Luther makes in the large catechism, and I don't want to steal all your material for when you do that <laughs> down the road, but that, you know, the, he said the coat of arms on the soldiers of a country, and we would probably say the police officers, you know, and maybe like you know, we're here in St. Cloud, but like the St. Cloud symbol or the Sartell symbol or wherever you're at should be a loaf of bread. That, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. this is the reason, you know, if you will, from everything from our, uh, you know, the streets are patrolled, the the city enacts laws or bylaws, but it is so that you can receive your daily bread, that this, this is what God has established. And it's an interesting idea that, you know, it's, you know, and, and for Luther, I mean, and we would say too, I mean, you know, Jesus himself, I am the bread of life, which certainly I think also ties into the fourth petition, but bread is life. I, I mean, it is the symbol. It's something every you know, culture, every nation, I mean, they all have their their form of some simple grain mixed together with water, and, and that is their, their life subsistence. And that God establishes his orders, you know, the, the state and the home uh, for this purpose that we might have these things.
0: Well, and it does also lead us to the prayers um, in the small catechism, which is page 32. We have the daily prayers and it, it, does, uh, it does very much so lead us to this understanding of returning things. So you have had the meal, you have a blessing before. First of all, the eyes look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing, which is Psalm 145. After you're done eating... You can use from Psalm 136 and other parts of the Psalms. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. He gives food to every creature. He provides food for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call. His pleasure is not the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of a man. The Lord delights in those who fear him and put their hope in his, in his unfailing love. So there's another example. If we're able to do it faithfully, because well, the reality is, I know for me right now, with <laughs> With with uh, basically four teenagers and not you know around, it's kind of hard to all sit there and actually just pull off those words. But that's another good reminder for us to give thanks not only in our words or our thoughts, but also our prayers. Any thoughts on that, Pastor? Another great addition we have in the small catechism.
1: Yeah, I think you bring up an interesting point, and I don't remember when I first heard this simple statement. But and Luther says it throughout his explanation, the small catechism, God doesn't need our prayers. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you know, even this one, God certainly gives daily bread to everyone without our prayers. So it makes you kind of ask the cynical self, well, then why bother to pray? You know, but because God commands us to pray and, you know, so God doesn't need our prayers, but, but we do. You know, we do praying morning and evening, like you said, or before and after meals and speaking those verses that God provides us with our daily bread. You know, the returning thanks. He gives, he provides food for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call. Um, This is what God does. and, And we don't realize it. We, you know, we just take it for granted as, again, I blame it on perhaps the abundance of what we have but you know we go to the cupboard and grab our morning cereal or a sandwich for lunch or and we we do not you know and probably many times sadly we mumble our come lord jesus without even thinking you know and realizing the words that he is we're asking him to bless the gifts which he has given us And that's not just the food, but likely everything that we would look around in our kitchens or dining rooms to see um, are his that he's given us for this purpose.
0: So, Pastor, I want to touch more on that on the other side of our break because uh, we have a lot more to discuss as we go through this. We are studying the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer in Luther's Mall Catechism, and we will be right back. Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Phil Boo, host of Thy Strong Word. Each weekday morning at 11 a.m., join me and a guest pastor as we explore God's Word, which strengthens our faith and guides our lives. You can listen over the air, online at kfuo.org, or through your favorite podcasting app. Just search for Thy Strong Word, only from KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Welcome back. We are studying the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer and Lutheran Small Catechism with Pastor Bruce Tim of Redeemer Lutheran Church in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Now, Pastor, I want to I take a step back and I want to come back to what you were mentioning right before the break. But also, let's get back to the scriptures because what we see with the Lord's Prayer is there is a reference to the Lord's Prayer from Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, where he speaks about, um, pray like this. And you have some interesting insights to, I think specifically, the daily bread portion of that and the rest of the chapter. What did you find?
1: Yes. Um, reading through it, looking at it again yesterday, studying it, it seems to be that you know immediately following the Lord's Prayer, Jesus references the third petition, or I'm sorry, the fifth petition, which we know... Uh, Is so important about forgiving trespasses. I mean, we would say that's, you know, that's the heart and soul of the Christian faith that we would forgive as we have been forgiven, that as we have received grace, we would be gracious to others. But then as you look at the rest of the chapter, Verses 16 through 18, Jesus talks about fasting. Well, fasting is denying yourself that daily bread. Well, why would you do that? Well, we always look upon fasting as teaching us that God alone provides what we need. Um, Obviously, when you fast, you know, even as you mentioned back in confirmation days, whenever you heard about the fourth petition or studied it, you got hungry. Well, if you're without fasting, you hunger. Well, what's that going to teach you? What? Why does a Christian do that? To learn that God provides me everything I need. To meditate on that hunger and say this hunger can only be satisfied by gifts, um, by the gifts which God gives. Then the next section is about treasures, laying up treasures. You know, don't lay up the things that where will moth and rust destroy? Um, Well, once again, when you think about daily bread, what I need for today, um, certainly most of us, and and yes, it's part of stewardship to plan ahead for the future, but most of us have never known going day to day for subsistence. (laughs) We have laid up for ourselves an abundance of things to keep us, you know, days without end. But here again, God is teaching us not to put our faith in those things. You know, even even your food, you know, we've all had that little biology experiment in the back of the refrigerator that we forgot about. Because we had way more than we needed and we didn't need that particular item and opened it up one day and whoa, you know, um, mold has destroyed it. Um, so, so there again, God teaches us, you know, he ends that in verse 20, 21, for where your treasure is there, your heart will also be that we would look beyond our food and our government and our house and our home and the weather and see God behind that, giving us those things for life, that he is the author and giver of life. Um, not only through these earthly gifts, but of course, through the heavenly gift of his son. And then uh, uh, Jesus talks about the eye being the lamp of the body. And again, you think, what is our eye always set on, you know, the things of this world? Um, and, And so, you know, where your eye is set, that's going to reflect, you know, what your eye is desiring. Is it good for you? And, you know, again, looking beyond having the eyes that see that God is behind your gifts will lead, you know, that will affect your whole body and the way you look at those gifts. Um, And it, it, it will enlighten you. And Jesus speaks about that. Then he concludes with no one serving two masters. Again, certainly daily bread is our money. Luther puts that in the list. Mm -hmm. And that too, there's so much in scripture written about the inordinate love of money, the worship of money. Um, And then he concludes uh, this section in Matthew, which I don't know how many times I have used that in a devotion with um, someone who's sick or someone who's dying or someone who has received, you know, horrible, you know, catastrophic news When Jesus says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on is life not more than food and the body more than clothing. Well, Well, that's speaking about daily bread. And of course, when we suffer some catastrophe, maybe we lose our job or we're injured and we don't know if we'll be able to work or something else happens you know, how am I going to have my daily bread? And here Jesus says, do not be anxious. God will take care of you. And then uses the example of the birds and the, the lilies of the field. And, and also we know that life, we know this as Christians, life is more than food and clothing. Life is Jesus. And one day food and clothing are going to be gone. And all the possessions that we've set our eyes on, they're going to be gone. But the, day, the, the true bread, the bread of heaven that gives life to the world, Jesus, uh, will still be standing. Um, you know, He won't go bad uh, because he is God. Um, so I, I think just looking at the rest of that chapter is a marvelous commentary that can teach us so many things about daily bread.
0: Well, I'll say this, that I've never really looked at Matthew 6 with those lenses, but it keeps popping out at us, Um, especially that do not be anxious portion, because I do think about how often that something happens. For example, in our own home, our uh, water softener has gone out. And so what's your natural reaction when you get the sticker price or you try to think about how I could save some money. And and at the same time, your water is not as good or in in the St. Cloud Sartell area. I mean, you destroy everything in your house if you don't have a water softener, or at least my perception. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But you go instantly to thinking, I don't have enough. Uh, What do I have to do? What about this? What about this? Oh my gosh, everything's going to fall apart. And the last thing that I typically will go to is the Lord will provide. And that's why I love how uh, going back to Genesis, where where you know Isaac and and uh, and Abraham are going to go to the mount, and it's like, well, the Lord will provide a sacrifice, which was Pastor Tim has said so well. We remember that He's given us everything in Christ, and why would He not also then give us what we need on a daily basis? So that's just a reminder for us every day why we need the fourth petition, and not only Pastor. You mentioned, you know, maybe you're crunching on your Crunch Berries. Which, by the way, do you eat Crunch Berries in the morning? Because you mentioned that at least twice so far. Now I'm hungry for breakfast. And do you, do you I, eat Crunch Berries?
1: When when I was a kid, not not anymore. I I still like I still like sweet cereals. Uh, it's well, it's not my only indulgence, but it's one of them. But I was a big fan of Captain Crunch. And I mean, they came with booberries, and they came with crunch berries, and I—oh, yeah—I think there was even peanut butter Captain Crunch, which I, I'm pretty sure yeah. that would have been my favorite because I, I'm a big peanut butter guy. So
0: I love it. And there's also nowadays, and my kids indulge in it, and of course I will as well. Is Oops all berries that you don't have any that Captain Crunch? It says all berries, which I oh my god good deal. Yeah, yeah, look it up this year. You have to look it up at some point. So anyways, so pastor, as we look at this, that how how often we will, you know, come Lord Jesus, be our guest while we're munching away on our food because, oh, we have to do that. But at the same time, just going through the Lord's Prayer, how often have I just sat back and went through each section and really thought about it, especially on Sunday morning, um, especially maybe when we'll do the Lord's Prayer around our home or devotions, You just kind of plow through it, right? But this one, right in the heart of it, fourth petition reminds us of everything in our life, which i that's why I love stepping back, looking at scripture and seeing how this looks. And as Jesus says in Matthew six, therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow be anxious for itself. That is exactly why we need the fourth petition. Pastor, what else have you found or anything you want to add?
1: Um. Well, I was thinking as you were speaking, it does seem to be, uh, uh, this fourth petition seems to be a hinge, if you will, and I don't know if I can flesh this out in its entirety, but uh, between heaven and earth. So um, that, you know, the the petitions before this, much like the first, second, and third commandments, are about God. but now, just like the, the fourth commandment brings us to earth and, and is about human authority, which Luther emphasized in this fourth petition, this one, this one brings it to earth and that how God is not a, a distant God. You know, he's not far away, but he is providing for his creation uh, every day for all that we need for this life. And, you know, as you move that forward, I mean, the fifth petition also ties heaven and earth together with as we have received forgiveness, that we would forgive our neighbors, those on earth next to us and around us. Um, and, and maybe my theory falls apart by the the sixth petition, but I mean, it is an earthly thing to be engaged in temptation. And, and when... Uh, when, when we are delivered from this valley of sorrow, we will be free from both temptation and the assaults of the evil one and death. So it, it does seem to me this is a a pretty big hinge uh, in the prayer uh, that I I think is important. And it, it does also remind us that we pray according to God's word. Jesus gave us this prayer, but that you know, even as we pray this prayer, it certainly reminds us, I mean, hallowed be thy name, second commandment, uh, the fourth petition, our, 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 our lives, our, our parents, all the authorities in our lives. So I think that's a good link. I mean, the the catechism is a small, but brilliant work of, of Dr. Luther.
0: As we look at this, um, Pastor, as we look at the beginning, and I want to go back to this because it is something that's a common theme in the Lord's Prayer, where it says, God certainly gives daily bread to everyone without our prayers, even to all evil people, but we pray in this petition that he would lead us to realize this and to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. He does, like you said, there's that cynical part where it says that God certainly gives us without our prayers, right? Right? And the cynical part becomes, well, then why in the world am I praying? Is there really a chance that we are, um, how do you say it, praying this too much? Or or that, you know, that why are we doing this? Do you want to expand on that a little bit and what that means for the Christian um, now as we, like, well, we don't have to pray, so why are we? What else would you say? Well,
1: um, and, and I think I would... Quote again, and I I can't. I don't know to whom to attribute this uh, quote, but I would say faith would not say that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I can. You know, you know. If someone would argue, well, do I have to pray? I would say, well, certainly doesn't look like it. By what Luther says in the Catechism, I mean things are going to go on, and, and we all know that. God isn't dependent on our prayers. I mean, how often have we told someone we're going to pray for them and we didn't? Or how often have we said our table prayer, you know, not thinking at all about the God, but thinking about the piece of pumpkin pie we're going to have for dessert or something. Mm -hmm. So God isn't dependent on our prayer, but... Faith would not say that. God has given you prayer to use as an exercise of your faith. God has commanded you to pray. The Christian desires to pray. Um, and so you would desire to do this. And as we you know, as we talk to Christians, I mean, even as uh, you and I have spoken this morning, I think it's been clear we would like to pray well, you know, we would like to pray better. We would like to have a more uh, ordered and directed life of prayer. And to ask it the other way is is simply not a question of faith. It, probably like Paul's argument in Romans 6 after he just talked about how, how wonderful forgiveness is and how the forgiveness in Christ is far greater than the sin of Adam, which we inherited. But then he asked, you know, should we go on sinning that grace might abound? It, it certainly makes sense. I mean, I can't out-sin God's grace. Well, a Christian wouldn't say that. Uh, you should not. So faith does not say that. Because faith believes what God says, and God says, once you're delivered from sin, fight against sin. You know, been raised from death, don't don't go back into the death of sin, like the Israelites wanted to go back to Egypt. Um, so I think the, the simplest, shortest answer to that, and, and it is a little bit, well, it is a rebuke. It is the law a christian would not say that prayer is useless or that i don't need to do it because god is going to take care of things anyways as i said earlier this isn't for god he doesn't need it it's not like he's going to forget what he needs to do it is really um you know god's gift to us and and by i think especially by speaking it out loud it, it, you know, prayer is helping us to exercise our faith, but also teaching our faith.
0: And this is a great reminder as you're telling us this, is that one, the, we need to repent because how often have we not given thanks, but also that we live in faith. We live in, in this faith. And so when we do pray, for example, the Lord's Prayer, we're doing so in faith. We're not only confessing and we're not only praying and giving thanks, but we're confessing the truth of who God is. And this brings us in faith to these words that I think are one of those, you almost can see Luther writing this. And then it was like popped in his mind, the realization by the Holy Spirit, I would say, even to all evil people. So this just brings to mind like, well, wait a second here you're trying to well first of all we know this we see this in the world right there's people who don't believe but yet they are being blessed but we want to believe sometimes in our heart that god only blesses those who believe what does um, what what are your thoughts on luther's addition to this and in many ways i'm asked thinking what does this tell us about our god your thoughts
1: well <clears throat> the first and most obvious thing it would tell us and and luther is trying to teach us this is that God is gracious. Uh, God is merciful. Um, Evidenced, you know, by the gift of his son who died for all the sins of all people. Um, You know, we believe that at the cross, every sinner was justified. Um, Only those who believe will receive that justification. Uh, But, you know, he sent his son even for those who would not believe and did not want him. But that's how great and gracious he is. Um, and you know, in in many ways, perhaps this could be a an evangelism lead in for people that that God has provided this for everyone. And in, in that, you know, the no, you know, no favorites. Um, so, by Luther's inclusion, it it teaches us also,, uh, you know, they don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. <laughs> this is mm. this is the way of our God. Um, it's not just with Jesus that he's gracious. It, it's with everything. And and this goes back to, you know, Jesus's do not be anxious at the end of Matthew 6. If God would give his only son for you, if he would take care of the greatest need of life for you, and, and again, he did that, uh, as, as we confess, Christ died for me while I was yet a sinner. <laughs> mm-hmm just like he gives daily bread to all evil people so i think and again not having read a lot of history on luther and his writing of the catechism that this is luther's way of that the gospel you know the the graciousness of god the undeserved mercy as he mentions in the first uh, article of the creed extends to this as well that This is simply a confession of the nature of God. He is gracious and loving. He's not a transactional God. You know, he's a God who gives and chooses to
0: give. This is where the connections I see with the first article of the Creed is is so, so clear. Because he says, okay, this tells us about our God, which is kind of, it's kind of funny. And, And pastor, you've really laid this out for us beautifully, is that if we start to go down, would probably be a health and wealth gospel. I'm not quite sure how to, to unpack this specifically, but we start to want to believe, which we, I think our hearts want to, is saying, I'm a Christian, therefore God only blesses us or something along those lines. You know, he only blesses his people. Well, the problem is, instantly, then let's just say that somebody else gets blessed and you don't, then you start to wonder if you're in the faith. The assurance is completely gone because the assurance is found in us as opposed to God. And it in the first article says very clearly, why does he give me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house, home, wife, children, land, animals, and all that I have? And richly and Daily provides them? Why does he do this? Because because of all that I give or whatever? No, all this he gives only out of fatherly, divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in me. It brings us all to that same level because how often can we start to act like, well, God has truly blessed me. You know, he's blessed me because of this. I've done this, I've done this. And boy, that, that goes down a very bad road. So the connections of the first article, to the fourth petition are so vital pastor you have any thoughts on that or anything else that's co- cropped up in your mind this morning
1: uh yeah and it, what happens as you know as jesus talks about i think it's you know where where do we fix our eyes to know that god has blessed us and if we fix them on daily bread um and, and we said probably we, I don't, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an illustration that, uh, you know, we're cross-eyed or we're, you know, uh, nearsighted or farsighted. You know, maybe we're nearsighted. We only see the the immediate daily bread and then we judge if that's not going well, if we've suffered something, God does not love us. Uh, but we've lost our focus that we should be looking to Christ, um, and what God has done in him and, and, and that, you know, that, that will deliver us. And we know this whenever we take our eyes off Christ and start to navel gaze or, you know, look at our belly and see how full and happy and satisfied it is. Um, the devil's always going to use that, um, to tempt us, you know, is, which will come later in the Lord's prayer to doubt, that God is providing for us. Look at what you're suffering. Look what you've lost. You know, God, you must have done something wrong. God does not love you. Or um, and I think reading this, and again, I'm I'm looking at my notes, but perhaps from the large catechism, Luther said, you know, this petition is a prayer against the devil. Um, because, and, and particularly because he said the devil loves to upset the order of which God has established, and and even the, the order of faith that we would look first to Christ and then to everything else, the devil would upset that order and get us
0: to look at everything else and neglect Christ. And this is where, I love how you highlighted that, because that's something that we focus a lot on. And the third petition is that that when his will be done he breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil and then when it starts coming to to what we're talking about daily bread we kind of leave the devil out of that because you know that thy will be done points us to faith points us to christ and obviously as you've done so well here too is and when we talk about daily bread we're talking about all these things we see but it's the broader scope it's a broader understanding of christ and his gifts which if we are distracted by those daily needs, or we're not giving thanks for the daily needs, then we're how are we going to see Christ? You know How are we going to do that? So the devil loves this. This is once again in the large catechism, and he breaks it down so well. But this petition, fourth petition, is especially, he doesn't say just also, he says especially directed against our chief enemy, the devil. For what he wants to do is to hinder and to obstruct, uh, the the government by leading people astray because there's basically they're so wound up on the lack of government order that they cannot possibly see Christ in the midst of that. So we we see that in everyday life as well. Pastor, we have about two minutes left in our time. Uh, what are your last thoughts and how you encourage our listeners as we look at the fourth petition?
1: Well, there's and I hope I can do this in two minutes, but there's <laughs> one more thing that um, struck me or, you know, that comes out here is that also this, this fourth petition teaches us that God uses means, that he is a God who uses, you know, in people. So when we think about this, I mean, you know, first, I mean, government, you know, we're not just magically kept, order is not magically established. God uses elected officials. He uses Judges, he uses police officers, and when we think about our food, I know it's one thing I've often done with young children is to tell me what they had for. We we seem to be going back to breakfast all the time, but you know what right. did they yeah. have for I'm... breakfast? You know where, where? How did that toast get to be on your your table? And you start breaking it back, and while well, your mom, you know, you may, maybe your mom or your dad bought the bread at the grocery store, but the grocer, you know, got the bread off the. The bread truck and the truck was driven by a truck driver and he drove it from the bakery where the bakery, you know, and but it's all these people and that our daily bread and and even the means of providing our daily bread is our work. You know, Scripture says that this is God has provided us with brains and this amazing body and the talents and skills that each of us have They're gifts from God and he has given them to us to use. Uh, to obtain our daily bread. You know, we don't, and and I joke, you know, as a husband and as a father, but, you know, although I did it sometimes, go sit at the table, give us this daily, our daily bread, and magically expect it to appear. It's never going to get there. But my wonderful wife, you know, (laughs) she is the means (laughs) many times, most of the time I'll confess that she is God's instrument to provide my daily bread. Because it just doesn't happen without the work and planning she does. And and this too then, you know, again, often we have animosity and, and thanklessness for the people around us. But they're all, you know, aren't you glad, you know, the garbage man came by and picked up all the remnants of your daily bread and took it away? You know, this is God's way of providing for us. So, God uses people even, and and again, I I believe that always goes back. I mean, he could have saved us without the flesh and blood of Jesus, but he didn't. That's the way he chose to work, and it's the way he chooses to give us not just the bread from heaven and the flesh and blood of a real man who lived and died and rose again, but also our daily bread.
0: Pastor Bruce Tim of Redeemer Lutheran Church in Saint Cloud, Minnesota, clearly confessing the truth of our Triune God, who provides for all of our needs, especially that in Christ. Pastor Tim, thank you for your faithful teaching on Codpar Batteries.
1: You are very welcome, and uh, it was really pleasurable to talk with you this morning and to confess the faith about which
0: we are in concord. I'm your host, Pastor Brady Finnern. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hand.